Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. Hey, how's it going? This is Matt here from Silver Fortune. So I want to make a video discussing the U.S. midterm elections, which are coming up here on November 6th, and what they mean for the precious metals markets. Because I've seen many analysts, including myself, when we talk about the the price action for silver and gold and where we see it heading you know, through the end of 2018 or the next six months or whatever the timeline is, there's oftentimes a bit of a fork in the road around that date, November 6th, that, that if this scenario plays out, this is where silver and gold are going. If this scenario plays out, this is where silver and gold are going. So I want to give you guys a bit of insight, a bit of background as well. This is not a political video, even though we're talking about politics here. Instead, we're just going to look at polling data and, and what we can glean from that, which is maybe not as much as we thought we could, you know, seeing with how the 2016 election went um, and, 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 and Donald Trump obviously kind of um, beating the expectations of the polls. Uh, we'll see what we can glean from this information. But I think that the data does show us that it will at least be close. Right? Maybe maybe Democrats will surprise. Maybe Republicans will surprise both the, in both the House and the Senate. But um, it's certainly going to be a competitive race for for both uh, parties. So, real quick, a bit of background because I understand that a fair amount of my viewers are not U.S. citizens. Also, I know that that I think my my audience tends to be pretty intelligent, but I also know that the U.S. educational system is not the best at educating people on how. The U.S. government works. A uh, bit of a background here in the United States, we have two different, um, two different chambers of Congress: the Senate and the House. The Senate has a hundred members, and they are up for re-election. You know, two per state. They're up for re-election every six years, so roughly thirty-three each two years. Okay. Now, this is the midterms, two thousand eighteen. That means the president is not up for re-election. He's not re- up for re-election until twenty twenty. So we have roughly 33 senators in, in some states. Some states uh, don't have an election period just because their senates, senators are up for re-election two years from now or, or four years from now. Okay. Then we also have the House, and, and, and the House actually has 435 members, I believe. And every single member in the House is up for re-election every two years. So it's the way the founding fathers set up the government. One was supposed to be more responsive to change, the House, and the Senate was supposed to be a little bit more steady and, and, and not too sensitive to change and that it's going to be a little bit slower to turn that ship around. Okay, So both are currently controlled by the Republicans, the House, and the Senate. Um, as you can see in these two things, though, uh, at least according to their polling data at this point, October 2nd, um, Democrats have a fair chance at uh, winning a majority in the House and in the Senate. Now, that doesn't mean that's how things are going to play out. But what if they do? That's what I want to talk about in this video today. First of all, we'll start off with that scenario. What if Democrats win control of both the House and the Senate? It doesn't have to be a major majority. It can be 51 in the Senate. It could be, um, you know, 220 in the house. What does that mean for uh, precious metals? Well, I think that that would be probably one of the more positive ways for this to play out. And the reason being is that we would then have 
Democrats who'd control both the House and the Senate, and a Republican that would be in the White House, Donald Trump. And so Trump's agenda, he, he would have a tough time getting much through over the next two years. They'd get some stuff through, sure. They'd get some deals through that they need to, budgets and whatnot, and, and both parties would be able to get some stuff in, in there. But as a whole, when, when we're talking about um, things that, that Republicans might be a fan of and, and, and Democrats definitely are not a fan of, he'd have trouble getting that through. I don't know what he's feeling on on healthcare reform over the next two years. I don't know. But certainly things like border policies, trade policies, um, ones that are oftentimes unpopular with Democrats in, in such partisan times, um, he'd have trouble time. He'd have a hard time getting those through. Okay. And I think that that deadlock in Congress would be viewed as a negative for the markets as a whole, uh, positive for precious metals, that deadlock. You know, I, I think that erroneously, and, and I know some of my viewers, Trump supporters, can disagree with me here, but erroneously, a lot of people have this, this perception that uh, Trump is extremely good for the economy and that the economy cannot falter while he's in office. And that's not true. I mean, sure, if you look on paper, Trump maybe has had some good quarters of economic growth here in the United States. But um, are those numbers any more real than they were under Obama's presidency? And, and, and when you look at it as a whole, I mean, quarter two was a strong print, 4.1%. But as a whole, his GDP growth was not that much better than Obama's. And, 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 and all those problems that existed at the end of Obama's presidency, they didn't magically go away when Donald Trump came into office, whether they were debt or or, or unfunded liabilities, pension crises, stock market in a bubble. I mean, Trump talked about the stock market being in a bubble. Um, the Fed is tightening right now at a pretty rapid pace. And, and, and I mean, the last time that happened was at the, you know, towards the end of, of George W. Bush's second term. Um, he couldn't avoid the implications of that. And I don't know if Trump can either. And so I don't think we should think that just because our guy is in office, you know, and by no means am I saying Trump is my guy, but, but if you're thinking that you're for Trump supporter, if you're a Hillary, if you're Obama, if you're whoever Democrats prop up next election, just because they're in office, the economy's not going to fall apart. Well, I, I think both parties have seen um, some some rough economic times on their watch. I mean, sure, Bush had the financial crisis. Obama had one of the worst recoveries in U.S. history. I mean, both parties are, I think, um, by no means um, great at, at propping up the economy. They can over the short term. So, But with that being said, a deadlock Congress, I think, would be positive for precious metals. It would also, you know, and the, the possibility, I think it's a low possibility, but, you know, some people think it's higher that if Democrats do gain control of the House or the Senate, the possibility of a thing like an impeachment of the president enters into the conversation, especially if they gain enough seats in both the House and the Senate. That's just, I, I don't know if, if, if what they have right now in, in terms of Russia investigation or whatever else is impeachable, but they're going to try anyways. They're going to try anyways. I wouldn't be surprised um, just because of, I don't know, their constituency wants to see that. That's what people want to see is is a president getting impeached, I guess. I don't know. Now, there's another scenario here. Let's say the Democrats win the House and not the Senate or the Senate and not the House. Okay. We got one of each and then the Republican White House. Similar, similar um, way that that would play out. Now, depending on which House whether it's the House or the Senate that the Democrats grab, um, they might 
sees some powers as and and you know i mean because because in the united states the house has control over certain decision making and the senate has decisions over other or, or for for instance um we have these these senate confirmation hearings for kavanaugh right now notice i said senate confirmation hearings you know to my knowledge he's not going to the house to be confirmed and so you know if if they retook the senate and and kavanaugh sells and confirmed that's going to kind of throw a wrench in, in his plans and i think that's going to lead more of a deadlock or to to a different nominee or whatever it's 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 going to be um less ideal for the republicans and it's going to make uh moving forward with with an effective government that can at least get some things done even if you and i might not be a fan of those things um it's gonna be it's gonna be hard to get a lot of those things done it's just not gonna happen now the other scenario here and by the way, I think that would play out very similar for silver and gold. The other scenario here that we, we have to um, consider is uh, if Republicans hang on to both the House and the Senate. That's a possibility as well. I, I think that that would be, over the short term, could lead to silver and gold hitting new lows in the month of December or November. New lows, I mean, for, for the year at least, you know. 1375 something like that you know under 14 dollars again because i think a lot of people again would view that as hey you know the economy where it's going to keep moving along here for another two years look at all these regulations he's taken off and look at all this government spending to you know to prop up the government all that um okay but over the short term silver and gold are, are probably going to go down because of that now, now the, the one caveat that that I want to to add on here, and, and and I can't can't believe I just use the word caveat because I feel like people that use that word all the time are just yeah. Um, <laughs> they're they're I guess I have this I have this uh, this professor who who uses that word all the time, and it's just like okay, like you can add more to your vocabulary. But anyways, I digress. Um, if you know i think we learned a lot in 2016 after the trump elections that we learned i think we already knew it but but i think many were still surprised by it the media has a ton of control over perception in the markets leading up to the 2016 election most people thought that hey if trump wins the markets are going to crash the next day the, the markets will not be able to handle a Trump White House, right? And if Hillary wins, then it's uh, business as usual, right? Just like the last eight years, that's the next four years are going to be at least it's some stability for the markets, okay? That's what the, I'm not, I'm not saying that. That's what the media was kind of portraying back then. Well, Trump upset Hillary. He, he got in the White House. And all of a sudden, like overnight, the markets were like, oh, hey, look at this. Um, these kind of obscure policies that Trump mentioned uh, a little bit during his his run, you know, when when I think of Trump's um, run run for for office, it, it was is based on things like I don't know uh, immigration policy, or I don't know. There's a lot of different things that Trump ran on, but some of the ones at the top of his list were not necessarily things like infrastructure spending. He probably mentioned it, sure, but it was kind of one of those things where I think a lot of people were kind of like, yeah, I mean. Every president's going to, at some point, mention infrastructure spending. And it doesn't mean he's going to follow through on it. I'm sure Hillary mentioned it as well, right? He, he hasn't yet, by the way. But that's, it's not, I don't know, neither here nor there. He might, he might not. 
but but something like a tax reform policy. All of a sudden, the media and the market analysts and whatnot, they descended upon this and they're like, let's find some positives from this. He's um, going to deregulate. He's going to cut taxes. He's going to change healthcare policy, which is all of a sudden super bullish for the markets or something like that. He's going to um, spend all this infrastructure money, what, whatever else um, I'm forgetting about at this time. And it was super bullish for the markets. Like it changed overnight. The perception for, for a Trump victory changed overnight. And so we have to be cognizant of that. That if somehow Democrats win both the House and the Senate, that could be bullish for the markets because the markets are really irrational right now. Same thing goes for silver and gold. That could be bearish for silver and gold because they are irrational right now. So um, that's kind of where I see it going. I, I hope that this has been helpful to, to you guys, whether you are a U.S. citizen or you're um, you're not a Canadian, Australian, UK. Maybe you don't even live in an English-speaking country or as, as a primary language at least. Um, I hope that this has been uh, educational to you. You know, one other thing I wanted to talk about today, this is October 2nd, and, and so maybe you guys are still going to be watching this around this time, is the ongoing crisis in Italy. Um, so basically Italy has been having a political crisis well, for a long time now. But right now their their coalition government is pushing forward a a spending bill or, or, or a budget that's going to lead to a larger than expected deficit. A deficit that is larger than what the EU as a whole would like to see coming out of Italy. And so this has led to a significant sell-off in Italian bonds. It's led to, you can see that right here, 10-year yield has been going up as a whole. You can see it in this chart as well. We had a little crisis back here in May. And here we are again, you know, kind of getting close to those highs back in May. Um, you're also seeing it in, this is a representative of um, of Italy's banks, basically. They're, they're Bank stocks are, are declining significantly over just you know the last week or so, and then you have the euro, euro versus the dollar, and the euro euro dollar pair has been falling. The euro has been falling relative to the dollar. Now, I think this is really interesting, um, and I guess I, I want to break this down for you guys quickly. First of all, I think that this bond sell-off has some similarities to this spike back here, which, by the way, a big part of this spike back here was the European Central Bank removing some level of support from the bond markets, from the Italian bond markets. The ECB, they buy bonds from all over the Eurozone, right? Just like the Fed buys U.S. bonds, um, the, the ECB buys them from all over the Eurozone, okay? I think they, they did remove some level of support here in, in May, and I think we're seeing a similar thing play out right now, okay? Um, the other thing I think is really interesting and important to keep an eye on is the, the dollar versus the euro. Basically, the euro is dipping, and the euro is one of the biggest currencies out there, you know, other than the dollar. You have the euro, you have the yen, and, and, and then it's a pretty far step down to the next biggest one. Yeah, I don't know exactly which one it is these days. It's pound or, or the yuan or, you know, but, but the euro is a big deal, and the euro falling versus the dollar means the dollar as a whole is gaining strength. And so I think that's going to continue to put some more pressure on emerging markets. You've already seen it to some extent. I think they have it in this article. You see the uh, Indonesian uh, rupiah. That's the black line right here. Um, it, it recently just topped 15000 uh, per dollar. 
for the first time, I think, since uh, yeah, 20 years, it says. So that's pretty significant. That would have been back, I mean, the last time it was this high would have been back in the, the uh, you know, the Asian currency crisis or whatever back in the 90s, okay? So it's pretty significant. I think this this strong dollar is going to continue to weigh on a lot of these emerging markets. And, and so a weak euro is going to force a lot of money into the dollar, into U.S. bonds, stocks, whatever, Um and, and 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 again, yeah, a lot of emerging markets I think are going to suffer because of that. Maybe not so much. The one that may not suffer as much, I should add, is something like Turkey, because Turkey, I think, because of its close ties to Europe, close relatively speaking, um, compared to maybe like Indonesia or something, and and its geographical, uh, I guess, proximity to Europe, technically part of Europe, they have more euro denominated debt than some of these other countries and so it might not be as much of a hit to them because on one hand a stronger dollar is not going to help them but a weaker euro might and so that's something to keep in mind as well um but you know i want to hear you guys' thoughts on this video down below in the comment section the the midterm elections what they mean for precious metals uh, where do you see things playing out in the midterms Republicans win the House and the Senate keep them or Democrats going to sweep both or is there going to be a split let me know down below in the comment section. As always, thank you guys from the bottom of my heart for watching this video and God bless.